Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast, where I talk to alumni about their candid experiences as students and what they're doing in life now. Here in Season 3, we look forward to hearing from alumni across the globe about how Franciscan University has impacted their life and the lives of people around them. I'm your host, Christy Fleming, Class of 2010 and Director of Alumni Relations at Franciscan. Thanks for joining Legends from the Hill podcast. Today we have Aaron Wilson Shercliffe on the podcast. Erin is a 2011 theology grad. She and her husband and children live in Virginia, and she works at Mary's Shelter, which is a maternity home for pregnant women and children. We're excited to hear more from Erin. Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Christy. Thanks for having me. It is exciting and wonderful to hear from you. So can you give us a little bit of background to start of where you're from and how did you choose to come to Franciscan to study? Yes. Hi. Okay. That's actually kind of a funny story how that worked out. So I am from, my family has settled in Virginia. I uh, moved around a lot growing up, but that's where my parents moved and um, that's where my husband and I live now. And um, we are both Franciscan grads, my husband and I. Um, he's 2009, I'm 2011. And um, the way that I decided to go to Franciscan was that actually my family was living in Thailand when I was a kid. And I was about 12 at this point. And um, there was a group of kids from Franciscan who came over together on a mission. There was like three or four of them. And we met them at church one week. There was only one Catholic church in our whole city and um, started talking to them. And my parents kind of took them under their wing the whole time they were there because it was kind of an extended mission. And they would pray with us and sing with us kids. And as soon as I met them, I was like, that's where I'm going to college. So I was like 11 or 12 and I knew nothing about it. But I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Franciscan and study theology if that's what they do. So that was how I decided to go there. And then my husband went to Franciscan because his older sisters went there. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, oh long gosh. story short of how it all fell into place. Yeah. So you're kind of an extension of both the student experience and also kind of a mini conference, like just the mm-hmm. the spiritual experience of that. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then when you're 12 and then fast forward, mm-hmm. you decide to come and you just knew right away, I'm going to study theology and this is the plan or how did that go for you? I did not want to study theology. Well, I did not want to study theology right away, but that was not my major going in. I actually switched my major a whole bunch of times. Okay. I went in originally, I think I was a journalism communications major. And I think I had a poli-sci minor. And um, I switched it a few times, but after taking a few theology classes with some of the professors there, I just could tell that they were just the best, you know, mm. that we have the best theology professors there. So I just really wanted to learn more about that. I didn't really have like a set plan of exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I just wanted to take more like theology and catechetics and philosophy classes. So then I think by my junior year, I think I had switched to theology and catechetics. Oh, wow. That feels kind Mm -hmm. of late to switch junior year. But if you had taken enough. (laughs) Exactly. It was late. It was late. But I had a lot of the prereqs already. So a lot of the same prereqs. Yeah. Yeah. So I just knew I wanted a major where I didn't have to take any math classes. 
Nice. Success. I was the same. Education, no math. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And then what was life as a student like as a, you know, switching majors and all of that? What did you find to get involved in? So when I originally came into school, I was in um, the Tommy Moore dorm, which was really great. I felt like for you know, making girlfriends and just kind of getting involved with the campus life. I loved that dorm. And I did a lot of visiting households my freshman year. I didn't join a household as a freshman. Um, I visited a whole bunch of them, though. And I was involved in Students for Life, Um, you know, pretty heavily involved with them, again, when I first came in. Um, And I did a few other things as well. I actually just kind of bopped around a lot my freshman year, and I just tried a lot of different things, didn't really commit to anything. Mm -hmm. And then um, my sophomore year, the first semester of my sophomore year, I wound up joining Stella Marie Household, which you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) we are household sisters. Mm -hmm. So um, I love doing that. And that definitely was probably my biggest, you know, time commitment other than classes once I joined household. And then um, that next spring semester, I went to Austria. So I did the semester abroad in Austria in spring of 2009, Mm. um, which was just an amazing experience. I'm sure we could just go on forever about that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, those were pretty much, you know, what kept me active and busy when, you know, when I lived on campus as a student. I lived on campus for the first three years. And then my senior year, I lived off campus with you know, several other classmates. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds like you had a very typical student experience of enjoying your academics, but also mm-hmm. the social and the clubs and all the different social app um, offerings that are oh, here. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I, I loved that it was a very, um, you know, I felt like the campus, there was a lot of opportunities to just like socialize with people all the time. You could go and be alone if you wanted to, but you never really had to be alone, but it was still very like, felt like a very kind of like safe and wholesome place to socialize, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, just really nice to be able to have that. Right. Right. Totally. That's awesome. Very good. Well, I'm interested in kind of your post, uh, once you've graduated and you said you did some of the, um, the pro-life ministry on campus Mm -hmm. and I know you're very involved, you and your family. So I'm super mm-hmm. interested in hearing more about that and what that part of your life looks like now, in addition to being a mom and being a, right. <laughs> a busy mom and all of that. Right, right. We have um, number four on the way coming hopefully next week. My gosh. So that definitely keeps me busy. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I so like I said, I went into Franciscan, fell in love with the classes there, took a bunch of theology classes had amazing professors, knew that I wanted to do something in ministry. I did not know exactly what. I kind of assumed that if I just kept working hard and making connections and being open to a lot of different opportunities, that God would just kind of drop the right opportunity in my lap. I wouldn't tell kids that as a career planning method. (laughs) However, (laughs) that was just kind of where I felt like God was leading me. And, um, So when I was in high school, my mom started a maternity home called Mary's Shelter. And so ever since I was in high school, I had, you know, been volunteering there, you know, as much as I could. And um, so, you know, a home for pregnant women and their children, a place that they could go and be safe and deliver their babies and, you know, work on improving their lives and hopefully eventually be able to, 
you know, live independently and raise their children. And so I was very open to working in the pro-life field. I was very open to working in different fields. And then um, when I graduated from college, I actually originally started working for an organization called 40 Days for Life. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. Um, I just had a very, you know, small kind of administrative job, but I loved doing that. I did that for a couple of years. Was still volunteering at Mary's Shelter this whole time. And then um, about eight years ago, I began working at Mary's Shelter in a real capacity. I basically just you know, started doing officially what I had been doing as a volunteer. Hmm. So um, I, what I I do, I'm the intake coordinator. So I basically answer all the phone calls and, um, you know, anyone who's looking for information, um, looking for shelter, I kind of talk them through the process and I do the interview and the intake process with them. And, um, you know, kind of see if they qualify for Mary's shelter. I'll help push them along through the interview process. And if they don't, I'll try and, you know, see what else I can outsource for them, point them towards other resources in the community or, you know, just kind of depending on where they are. And um, so that's been a really cool experience. I've been doing that officially for over eight years now. Hmm. And I do work for my mom. So I joke that I am the world's lowest paid tempo baby, <laughs> but that's okay. I love what I get to do. And I do it part-time from home. I mostly work on my phone. So I'm also, you know, full-time with my kids, which is really great. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. <clears throat> that's awesome. And I feel like it's a pretty unique opportunity that Mary Shelter gives to give that like mm-hmm. a home and support for these moms to raise their kids and uh, yeah, grow their own skills and development. It is. And, and women can stay in Mary's shelter for up to three years after they have their baby, because we really, really want women to have the opportunity to transform their lives, you know, mm. not just like have the baby and then mm. be up a creek without a paddle. And um, my, you know, the some of the staff at Mary's shelter have helped a lot of other homes open across the country mm. who operate very similarly. So anytime anyone calls looking for information, and they want a tour or they want the resources, we're like, yes, please. If you mm-hmm. have any inclination in starting your own home, please do so. We will help you in any way we can because there is such a need for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Or what are the biggest like needs that you find and also the challenges of like if somebody wanted to start their own, like what do you find as some challenges? So I would say the challenges are... Um, I mean, obviously you need finances to get the home started, although there are a lot of people out there who are willing to donate and they, they just don't know where to put their money. And, you know, we always say we do a big fundraiser once a year and we have some very generous donors who will write, you know, five figure checks, but really the majority of what keeps our ministry going is people who pledge to donate 20 or $25 every month. Hmm. We have probably thousands of donors who do that. And Hmm. that's what keeps the ministry really going. So for the women calling me, um, a lot of women just come from very, very, very difficult situations. So, you know, very few people are calling a maternity home when they're in a good place. You know, most people, they're, they're usually surprised pregnancies. A lot of times these women will be living um, maybe with a boyfriend or a husband who's not great to them, not a great provider, or maybe they'll be living with an extended family member who says, yeah, we can't have one more mouth to feed in this house. We don't have any more room. You have to find somewhere else to go. 
And a lot of these women, you know, were had very difficult upbringings, a lot of victims of abuse or domestic violence. And so they may not have graduated high school or they may not have, you know, a great career path and have not necessarily developed kind of the life skills that they need yet to be able to support themselves. So when women come to Mary's shelter, we just really want them to feel safe and feel empowered. And um, a big thing that we really promote is continuing their education. So if women don't have their GED, that's what we want them to work on right away. If any of them want to go back to school in any particular field, there are a lot of programs out there that will actually help, you know, single moms continue on with their education. So that's kind of like our number one goal for them is Mm. continue your education. And then we have so many um, staff members and mentors and volunteers who really work on helping the moms learn life skills, you know, learning just how to be good mothers, how to take care of their children. Um, If the moms have any sort of a religious affiliation, we really encourage them to get involved with their church. And 90% of us staff members at Mary's Shelter are Catholic, but you don't have to be Catholic to come to Mary's Shelter or work there. And we don't encourage them to be Catholic if they're not. We just want them to get involved in their church Hmm. because obviously, you know, a relationship with Jesus is so necessary for, you know, everything, but also just having a good church community and having that support is Mm -hmm. really essential, just kind of having that village. Mm -hmm. So that's the case with the moms we see. And of course, too, a lot of the moms need counseling, Mm. so or continued counseling. So that's um, something that we really, really strongly encourage as well. We've also had a lot of moms come who don't speak English. Um, And so we you know, try and hook them up with resources to learn English as soon as they can, which, you know, really helps them to feel less isolated in Mm -hmm. this country and opens up a lot more opportunities for them. Mm -hmm. Gosh, wow. What an example and a a huge gift that you guys walk with these moms and stay with them afterwards. It's not just the immediate of having a baby, but it really is trying to get their lives uh, supported and in a good place. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. And it's really so sad to me when people say, you know, pro-lifers don't care about the baby after they're born. Just again, as someone who's been doing this for eight years, who works with so many volunteers, who talks on the phone to people wanting to volunteer all day, Mm. that's just not true at all. Mm -hmm. That's that's just not the case, that people don't care about the moms and the children, you know, Mm -hmm. continuing on and, and bettering their lives and, you know, just having a good quality of life. Yeah, that's amazing. Have you noticed any difference in the last couple of years after the Supreme Court rulings or what has been kind of your approach with the shelter? Yeah, we definitely have. That's an interesting question. So I'm sure, you know, in some states the abortion restrictions have increased, but where we are in Virginia, there's been no change in D.C., um, which is an hour north of me. You can go get an abortion till the baby's due date for any reason. So, you know, the the access to abortion has not limited very much, but, you know, we always have a ton of calls. I mean, mm. the, I think the case has always been that, you know, most women don't want to have abortions. It's the lack of resources. My My mom, who's also my boss, always says, you know, it's really almost never the pregnancy that's the crisis. It's everything else going on in a woman's life that is the crisis, and the pregnancy is just you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So, um, but in other states, absolutely, you know, and that's why we always are, you know, calling for 
other homes to open up and other shelters because we we want to put our money where our mouth is and mm-hmm. and make sure we're offering these women support and you know not just saying that well you can't go get an abortion anymore to solve your problems so figure it out you know mm-hmm. we want to be able to be there to walk with them and offer resources so but yeah but my my phone is always ringing i mean we're always full at mary's shelter mm. wow it's encouraging and inspiring that i'm sure other people would want to be a part of that as well yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to check out our website, that's if you just type in Mary's Shelter VA into Google, it'll come right up or Mary's Shelter VA.org is our website. Um, and then there's, you know, there's so many ways that you can look up and see, um, you know, different maternity homes in your own state and kind of see what's going on near you. Right, right. That's awesome. Very good. Well, thank you so much for doing that. And sure, absolutely. Yeah, for being a part of that ministry. Oh, thank you. I feel very blessed and very fortunate that I get to, you know, stay involved in this kind of work while also being, a, you know, a present mom to my kids. I know it's a lot of women who have children know the struggle of juggling work and kiddos. And so mm-hmm. I feel very blessed to have this opportunity for sure. Mm. That's awesome. Very good. Well, based on your experiences of kind of seeing Mm -hmm. the trajectory of your life and where it has gone, do you have any advice to students or recent grads that might be in a similar situation of not knowing what they're going to do with a degree Mm -hmm. and where it's going to take them? Yes. And um, my husband is actually much better at this than I am. He actually loves to help people with like career coaching and looking at resumes but you just need to pound the pavement. If you are looking for a job, interviewing is going to be your job. Networking is going to be your job. Um, I would say be open to anything. We always say if God opens a door, just walk through it. If you get a job offer, you don't have to accept it if it's not right. But you need to at least, you know, do your due diligence and find out. Don't be afraid to network with people. Have people look at your resume. Have people set, you know, look at your cover letter. Um, ask if people have any connections. And then if you want to go into ministry specifically, again, I definitely remember being coached by my theology professors that you don't go into ministry for the money. Hmm. It's not going to be, you know, a big money field, but um, definitely volunteering in organizations you love. I mean, that is specifically how I got the job that I have was by Hmm. volunteering for a really long time. And that's a really great way to network as well as just to find out kind of where your talents lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Field experience and yeah, practice Mm -hmm. and volunteer. That's great. Volunteering, do internships while you're in school if you can. Mm -hmm. All the networking and the job skills that you can build. And then don't be afraid to take a job and then keep looking elsewhere. You know, Mm -hmm. if you get in, you find out it's not the right opportunity. So yeah. Yep. Just keep hustling really is. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you. The advice I would give. Thank you, Erin. Well, can we uh, finish up here with some hot takes from the Hill? Some of our questions to take you back to your student experience. So who was your favorite professor? Oh my gosh. I had such great professors at Franciscan. It was so hard to pick. I loved, um, well, I think she's a doctor now. I was looking and researching. I think a lot of the professors I loved were professors then and doctors now. Mm-hmm. But I loved sister, Dr. Johanna. I, I had a her feeling you were going to say that. I don't know why. And let me tell you, as a mom now, I have a Catholic school kid and a homeschooled kid. 
And those same presentations that we had to do in her same class, I spend half my life coaching my kids now on how to <laughs> write presentations, give presentations. We're always doing same presentations. So mm-hmm. don't let anyone tell you that that's not going to prepare you for the real world because mm-hmm. I use that stuff all the time. Nice. Um, and then I think she's a doctor now too, but back when I had her, I had, um, she was Dr. Seifer. Now she's Dr. Walter in mm-hmm. Austria. Of course, we had amazing classes in Austria. I loved her philosophy of the human person classes. So I could go on. I had so many amazing professors. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what about your favorite class? Can you narrow it down to one? Can I narrow it down to two? We'll give you two. Yeah. I'll do two. I loved um, Dr. Minto's sacred scripture class. Mm. I loved getting to learn about the Old Testament and just kind of the history there and, you know, learning about it. It was, it was very, um, you know, helpful to me as a Catholic, like, knowing where we get our information from because you have to be able to look at the original text, the original languages they were in. And I'm never going to learn how to speak Hebrew or Greek, but I'm really glad that there are smart Catholic (laughs) scholars out there who do know that Mm -hmm. so that we can have really great, um, you know, studies and writings on these scriptures and, and access to learn all that. And then I love Dr. Miravalli's Mariology class as well. Mm. So good. Yeah. you You can't go wrong with either of those. Yeah, absolutely. Good. What about your favorite place to study as a student? You know, I bounced around a lot. The library was pretty good for if you know, if you really needed to buckle down. Um, I would say that I was going to go study in the JC. That's not a good spot to go study. <laughs> social. That's social study. Not at all. That was, it would wind up being a very social studying spot. So most enjoyable place to go study was the JC. Um, But the most effective place to go study was definitely the library. Okay, great. What about your favorite campus activity as a student? You know, as soon as I joined a household, I have to say I loved the Lord's Days. I really think that Lord's Days were one of my favorite activities. Um, It just felt like such a great way to kind of like wind down the hecticness of the week. Mm. And you kind of get prepared for what the scripture is going to be, you know, in the Sunday reading and get prepared to, you know, have fun on a Saturday night. A lot of times we would make plans after Lord's Day mm. for the things we were going to do. And I also loved parents weekend mm. or family weekend. It was always, um, you know, just such a great social time and so many fun events. I mean, I loved the FOPs. You know, I feel like there was always something fun going on on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And finally, have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place? We have. We had run into alums all over the place. So like I said, we're in kind of the central Northern Virginia area. So you know what? Anytime you go to a winery around here, <laughs> you're going to bump into a Franciscan alum. Nice. A lot of Franciscans, which I was very happy about, came out to the D.C. area after graduation because around the time we were graduating, that's kind of where there were jobs. So that was great because I got to keep a lot of, you know, friends like you were out there for a very long time. Um, got to keep a lot of friends around. And then recently we were at a birthday party at, um, you know, one of our son's classmates and we started talking to an older couple and then found out he is, um, an older Franciscan alum and is on the board of directors there now. And also on the board of directors at Catholic Charities. Oh, no way. That's awesome. And they got such a kick out of that, that we were, you know, a Franciscan grad family. Yeah. Sending our kids to Catholic school out here now. Yeah. You never know who you'll run into. You never know, but they're everywhere. 
That's awesome. <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's fun to think back of your college days and to see where you've come and where you are now. It really is. And it definitely um, dated me a little bit, it made me realize how long ago it was, but it feels like it was just the other day. But I yeah, know. thank you so much for having me. It was so great to reminisce and catch up. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erin. Do you know an alumni with a story to tell? We want to share legends from the entire university history and would love your suggestions. Email us at alumni at franciscan.edu. And I'll be back here in two weeks with a new conversation you won't want to miss.